Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. No science advisor, Matt Moniz. No psychic medium, Stephanie Burke. But we do have a different psychic medium in the studio. We're here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every night. Although, should I... Um, I can still say we because there's two of us here now. Uh, but that's what we talk about on Spooky South Coast. It's the paranormal. Hey, sorry we haven't been on the last few weeks. If you have been listening during the daytime, uh, during the weekdays, and been listening to the Tim Weisberg Show, which I hope you have been. If you haven't been, come on, support me. Uh, but if you haven't been, you can also listen to the Tim Weisberg Show podcast on the WBSM app at WBSM.com and wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. But anyway, you probably heard that I've been battling, uh, I had a cold. As soon as we took the masks off, I got a cold and I was fighting my way through being able to do three hours every day and uh, then doing two hours on Friday nights. And so both weeks I woke up on Saturday and had pretty much no voice left. So I figured it was better not to come in and make you listen to I don't know if anybody's ever gone back way back into the podcasts. I used to get laryngitis every year. I would actually get um, tonsillitis, but they refused to take out my tonsils. So I would get to the point where I would lose my voice and I would still come in and try and do spooky South Coast because in those days we were afraid that if, if we missed a week, all of our listeners would go away. And so there were actually shows that I start off and be like, Hello, welcome to Spooky South Coast. We're going to be talking about the paranormal tonight. And like nobody wants to hear that. So I took the last couple of weeks off, but now my voice feels better. I'd like to say it's uh, like to say it's better than ever, but I've never really liked it anyway myself. And we're here. We're here to talk about the paranormal. And our guest tonight is, as I said, we have a different psychic medium in the house tonight. We have Jessica Starr with us. Hello, Jessica. How are you? Hello, hello. It's been a long time coming, a friendship of two years. Right. Two years of being friends, but actually meeting each other in person for the first, first time. First time, yeah. yeah. COVID put a damper on that and in life, you know. That's what happens, though, when, uh, when, when you can be friends through social media and, you know, the powers of the internet and text messages and phone calls and all that stuff. You don't even need to meet people anymore. No, not at all. And then we were supposed to meet a couple of weeks ago and COVID had other plans for me, but I'm glad that you're feeling better and I'm on the mend as well. So it seems like, uh, you know, we were talking about this a little bit off the air though, that um, the, the, what we've gone through the last couple of years has really given people more of an interest in the kind of work that you do, that you have seen an increase in, in people looking for your services since since all this started. 100%. Absolutely. I think, you know, COVID, first of all, shout out to all my nurses because COVID's still very, very real. And I was very, very sick and I'm still on the mend. But I think, you know, I thought when 2020 hit and my business was really starting up, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, everyone's in lockdown. No one's going to want to talk to me anymore. My opportunities are off the table. And it, it blew up bigger than ever because I think, you know, people were really thinking, all right, I want to indulge in something else. I need to find faith in something else. I need to find answers in something else. So I love that. See, you're, you're saying it from a perspective of need. I think what also happened, and, and there, I'm, there were many people who did have a need Absolutely. in that moment. I'm not, I'm not just, just uh, I'm not, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not discrediting that at all. Uh, but I think that there are also other people who said, hey, you know what? I've got all this time on my hands now. <laughs> like I'm going to look into the things that I've always wanted to look into, but never had the time to spend doing. So you probably had as much as you had people who were looking for 
answers to questions. You probably had people that were just looking to ask questions, uh, you know, people that just wanted to kind of explore something new and kind of expand their mind. And I think we got so much of both sides of that, that we have come out of this. I mean, think about this before all of this went down, we wouldn't have seen people talking about UFOs on the nightly news and on all the cable news channels. You know, Tucker Carlson wasn't doing a week about UFOs, uh, which I know it's because the, the report came out, but the report came out in part because people were starting to put pressure on them because they were sitting at home and doing more research. And we have a, a greater spirituality now coming out of it, I think. And, and people probably believe in the paranormal more because they were sitting at home and all of a sudden realizing, holy crap, this place is haunted. I never realized it before when I was just going to work every day and coming home and going to bed. Like, there's ghosts in my house. So we've seen, like, all of these different things come together to make people be a little bit more spiritual. Yeah, it's really funny that you said that because that's the one thing we didn't discuss together prior to this was me getting constant contact of, like, text messages, phone calls, being like, my house is haunted, something's going on. And I'm like, all right, first of all, calm down. <laughs> Second of all, let's take into consideration that you and your entire family are home and not running errands and you're not out and about and you're not on this hamster wheel that we have life. And it's like, you're noticing it more because you're home. I promise you, if there was a haunting or if there's anything going on, it was probably there prior. Don't panic. I'm like, you're just noticing it more. And people were like, are you sure? I'm like, I promise you. Because I mean, like you said, exactly like you said, how often are we home that much? Never. You know what I mean? To be in lockdown, if you remember correctly, March of 2020, this was when we were like Lysoling our groceries. We were not leaving the house. We weren't even opening the door for like the mailman. And I think people, and, and let's keep in mind too, and we've talked about this before, people being so anxious and we were scared and we were in a really dark place and we still kind of are. I think our brains, all of us were more open to seeing what was going on, mm -hmm. whether that was hearing noises in your house or things happening and, or maybe even seeing things. And I think you're right. I think since COVID people are a lot more open to this world for sure. And I think people were, you know, I think most folks know people who were, were affected by COVID. Maybe not everybody had somebody that they know who passed away from it, but they knew that people were affected by it. And therefore it's natural to, to be concerned and, and wonder and worry about what's going to happen to them and start thinking about death a little bit more. And so, and of course, watching the news, you were getting the death tolls every day. Uh, so I think people were already kind of in the mindset of thinking about mortality and thinking about what is after all of this. So that's also going to make them a little bit more open because not only are they thinking about it now, but now they have more of a need to want to believe that there is something more and that those who have gone before us can come back and reach out and talk to us. 100%. I think on my end, I personally don't know anyone, especially with my clients, that haven't not only had COVID, but lost someone very close to them from it. And obviously my thoughts and prayers are with them for sure. And it's still happening and it's still very real. I think that you're completely right though. I think it opens that door of like, it is, it's very morbid. And it's one of those things where I think for the first time in a long time, people were like, okay, death is, is death knocking on our doorstep? Like this is close to home. And so that was really scary for people. And I, you know, I love my clients and, you know, especially with my clients that come to me for mediumship, um, a lot of them do have loved ones they've lost. And so being able to connect them to the people that they're closest to, because this is not friend of a friend situation. These are people that have lost, you know, 
their children or their mom and dad. I mean, this is some serious stuff. So to be able to relate to them and talk to them about it and kind of talk them through it, it's an honor, first of all, that they come to me. And then like you said the other day when we were talking, me having COVID definitely put things into perspective as well for me because I've always known it's real. I always know the seriousness of it. But for me to be, you know, in a COVID lockdown unit and really fighting for it because I got it really bad, I, I mean, my perspective on everything obviously was heightened big time for sure. Now, I described you as we started the show as a psychic medium, and you mentioned that you have clients who come to you for mediumship. Let's let's talk a little bit about the difference because I think the audience is pretty um, savvy about to what the differences are. But let's let's just kind of go through it a little bit. The differences between doing psychic work and doing mediumship work. Yeah, let's do it. So. I pride myself as a psychic medium because I've been doing tarot since I was younger. Uh, mediumship easily since I was four or five, which sounds a little crazy, but that was my, you know, that was when it really took off for me. I came from a really spiritual family. It was never frowned upon. And anyone that has kids knows if you're going to encourage them into something, they're going to get heightened with it. If you're going to discourage it, it's one of those things where your brain shuts off. So I mean, I was talking to past relatives when I was four or five years old and my family never said no because I was really detailed. And so I grew up in this world and my clients, I let them choose. So when they contact me, I have clients that want to blend and they're open to both. Like, hey, let's do tarot. I want to see what's going on. Future, past, you know, everything like that, present. Then I also have clients that contact me and say, hey, I'm not down for the tarot. I only want to connect to someone that I love. And I like that there's, you know, that blend that I can do if I want to. But if a client comes to me and says, hey, Jess, I'm not down for the tarot piece or I'm not down for the medium piece, I'm more than respectful. I'm not going to cross those boundaries with someone because my clients come for me, excuse me, come to me for certain reasons. So to answer your question, the psychic intuitive piece is more not only my intuition, but also I incorporate cards and crystals, things of that nature. And then the mediumship is obviously connecting to spirit, connecting my clients to their loved ones and passing. And and you probably do have to spend some time with a new client, kind of working through it with them to let them know how these different things work and, and what, what, and what it is they can expect that you can do. Because I think people might sometimes go into a, a relationship with somebody that has abilities thinking that they're, you know, complete and total magic and they can just do anything that you want. Um, it's not, it doesn't really necessarily work that way. And sometimes they have to understand that, you know, they have to give you something as part of this, that it's just not all on you. They have to be a willing participant in this. They do, but I also like to go into things very blindly, you know, because Google's a thing and Instagram's a thing and Facebook's a thing. So mm -hmm. with my clients, I'm big about don't tell me too much. Sometimes I don't even ask a first name and that way we can go into this organically and they know that I'm going to give them 110% no matter what. And they're not thinking, oh, did she look something up or does she already know me? No, that's never going to be the case. And my clients don't question that. I mean, I literally have clients that will reach out and just say, hey, you were referred by a friend. And I'm like, awesome, let's get you on the schedule. You know what I mean? So they don't ask too much how I do it. Um, some of them get really freaked out and they say, why do you know this? Um, one of my clients was like, I'm going to get you a shirt that just says, I know things because I just get really detail oriented. And they're like, why, how, why do you know these things? And I'm like, I was born this way. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah, that's pretty much how it works. And it's funny too. Cause we, I don't think we've talked, we might've talked about this in the past, but I've had some 
pretty close um, near-death experiences. And I find that a lot of mediums I talk to um, in this industry have had similar. And I think that's really crazy to me. I'm always like, is there a link? Are we like in between planes? Like what's happening here? Yeah, it is pretty interesting. And unlike your clients, I will ask you how it works for you, but not now. We'll, we'll get into that in a little while. Uh, the, the reason why I asked though about, the reason why I mentioned them having to give you something is I've had two readings in my life. And uh, one was in Lilydale with Gerda Lestock, who is just such a wonderful person and also taught me how to bend spoons. And <laughs> I love that. And, and it works. And, uh, and then the other person, I forget her name, but she was in Australia or New Zealand or something. She had given a friend of mine a really great reading. And so my friend bought me a reading with her just because she said I had to kind of experience it for myself. But both, this is why I say they have to give you something. Because in both of those instances, I didn't even respond to the things that they were saying. And they're like, no, no, no. They're like, I need, like... A let, little let, bit of feedback. Let, let me know what's yeah. going on in your mind here a little bit. Because they're just telling me and I'm just sitting there staring at them like... Okay. But in your right. defense, you come from like this quote unquote world, right? And I know that a lot of my clients don't want to feed me anything and I'm more than respectful for that. But I understand what you're saying. So if I'm saying, you know, your dad's here and this is how he passed and he's saying this date, people will say like, no, but I find that it's out of panic because I talk really quickly, as you can tell right now, because I'm super anxious. Um, and I think my clients yeah, will, <laughs> because we're on the radio and a lot of people are listening that I told to listen to, um, so my clients get to a place where sometimes they want to feed me too much. I'm like, no, 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 you're paying me. Don't do that. And then other times they say like, well, I don't want to tell you too much because you're going to feed off it. So it's fair. There has to be a middle ground because my goal is I want people to get off the phone with me or out of a session with me feeling better than they did when they got on the phone. Because, you know, because, you know, a lot of your dear friends and the people that you work with are mediums. That's the point. It's not about us. It's about you connecting to the ones, you know, your loved ones, your friends, anyone that you've lost. So when I get off that phone call, I want people to take notes. I want people to record the session. I want them to have something special to go off of. And I think my clients, because they're so amazing, they do a really, really good job of keeping it pretty neutral in the sense where they're going to say yes to things or they're going to give me just enough feedback that we can know like, hey, if dad's here, let me know because I'm going to keep talking. Um, but they panic on the phone calls. And I and I respect that because you're getting so much information at once. And when it's detailed, it's creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, you're right, though. But you would be a hard person to read. So someone's just giving me a blank stare like that. I would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm panicked. <laughs> but... And, and, and yeah, they, they, I think they thought like you think that like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this from the, the researcher, you know, radio host kind of skeptic to some degree approach. Like when I'm sitting there staring at them and it's just, you're giving me the information and my brain is like, oh, that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm dumb. So like, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out what it is that you're telling me and I'm trying to like run this. Through. So you're looking at me thinking that I'm like you know, judging the information that you're giving me. And actually it's just a hamster trying to get that wheel running in my brain. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's all that it is. It's hard. It's not easy to take in that many details. You're talking to the people that you love that you've lost. And some of these people come to me, my clients, and they have, I mean, these are days out of losing somebody. So you have to imagine where their brain's at anyways. And I take a lot of pride in respecting that. So if people want to get emotional on the phone with me or they need to take pauses or they need to say, hey, Jess, I need like a second. I'm like, fair, like, let's let's calm down here because I know the intensity of it. The other thing, too, is I'm huge about taking notes because 
similar to what you said, your brain gets this blank fog. I'll have clients say, no, 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 no. And I'm like, please, please, please write this down and or record. And then I'll get texts and calls a couple of days later. Hey, so sorry, Howfer. I, I approached that reading. I went over everything and you were dead on. My goal isn't to be dead on at the time. I want my client to get the most out of it. So that's why I say, take a deep breath write everything down, get off the phone with me and process everything because it's a lot. So you're like hamster wheel that you're talking about or that brain fog, fair, yeah. <laughs> that happens. I mean, when when Gerda did the reading, so that was, a, that was an in-person reading and uh, Phil Paleologus, who's the morning host here, he and I went out to Lilydale and it, it, anybody that's never been, I recommend it, especially if you're interested in mediumship. I mean, it's it's just a community of mediums. And I would so love that. You I would, need more details. Yes, you would love this place. It's amazing. And Gerda is like one of the longest serving and most respected um, uh, mediums there. And there's a there's a, a, a documentary that was made for HBO called No One Dies in Lilydale. And she's one of the people who is featured uh, quite frequently throughout that. So... In, in meeting her, like I was kind of already like, oh, this is the person from TV. Like I'm, I'm pretty excited. So I was always kind of already kind of like in a, in a weird mindset, but she makes a little CD for you uh, as, so when the reading's done, she's just like, hold on a second. And then she just hands you the CD. So she was telling me during the course of the reading about, we started talking about what sounded like my grandfather. And then we started talking about what sounded like my uncle who had passed away, who was also in the same business. Cause she's talking about who's guiding me in my career. And she says, so, you know, you've got your, your grandfather was a, is a big supporter of what you do. And he always was. He thought that it was really cool that I was in radio and, not, and in the media and as a sports writer and all that stuff. And my uncle was, you know, he had previously been a, a radio broadcaster and then he went to go work in TV like I had done. So it was like very much similar career paths. And she's like, and this older gentleman who has like, you know, a mustache is he's like watching over your career and he's guiding your career. And I was like, what are you, t my uncle didn't have my grandfather now. Like you're just, this I don't know that man. <laughs> yeah, this isn't, a, this isn't a, per this isn't me. You're not talking about me. Yeah. And then I was like, is she talking about Phil, the guy that's outside? Cause he has a mustache and he's helping me with my career, but he's alive. He's very much alive. So we think. So like we're, we're, I was like really kind of, kind of freaking out about it. So I'm like replaying all this for Phil. And then he's the one that kind of like slaps me upside the head and says, you dope. She's talking about Art Bell because just before I had gone to Lilydale, I had gotten the news that Dave Schrader was going to have me be the, the fill-in host for him now that he was the host of Art Bell's last radio show, Midnight in the Desert. And so I had just gotten this great opportunity and I was going to be coming back and doing my first episode after the Lilydale thing. And it never even dawned on me that that's who she was talking about until it took, you know, somebody who isn't even in the world of the paranormal to point it out to me. But you're right. That's what you need. You need to think about it and you need to kind of figure out where it goes from there. You absolutely have to decompress. It's a lot. It's so much information at once. And, and I'm sure she's wildly, wildly talented. You know me and I talk about this all the time with you when we discuss business. I look up to so many different mediums in this industry and I'm like, oh, I want to meet all of them and pick their brain and... So I think that's awesome that you got to have that experience. And the CD thing's awesome because you do, you have to record it or you have to take notes. There's no other way because you're not going to remember that info. I think I was just so wrapped up in wanting to be able to bend the spoons that I wasn't even <laughs> really thinking about the reading. Yeah, you got to teach me about that. I'm a little, I'm a little ignorant towards that. I don't know that uh, world. She, so, so I sit down at this, it, she, she has this little like, um, like a little sun porch type addition onto her house. And that's where she does the readings. And she has all of this bent silverware on a shelf behind her, like metal forks, like twisted 
into like a corkscrew and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, what's going on with all this? So at the end of it, she like, she asks me, she, she's like asking me which ones call to me and all that stuff. And so I'm like, oh, that one's interesting and everything. So she, she gives me one of them to keep. And then she's like, I want you to be able to do this yourself. And she's like, I think you're going to be able to do it. Not everybody can, but I'm picking up that you can. And she takes this giant plastic bucket full of old silverware. And she's like, reach in here and pull out one that you think, you know, calls to you. So I'm just like, and I pick out this spoon. And she tells me, like, you have to run it between your fingers. And that's how you kind of activate it. To you're be getting, able to you're getting it. your energy on there, so to speak. Yeah. And so I'm thinking to myself, oh, what she's really saying is, yeah, get this cheap metal warmed up so yeah, it'll be easier to bend. <laughs> yeah. And but it the, it's so thick that it's not gonna it's not gonna do that. It's not gonna bend even if it's warm. And certainly not as warm, you know, if I put it on a flame maybe, but not with what my hands can do. So she says what'll happen is the more you run your fingers over it, eventually you're just gonna feel like this is the moment. And when you feel that this is the moment, bend it into the shape that you picture in your mind. And so I'm sitting in my room and you know, we have these little rooms over an ice cream parlor that's where we were staying and i'm laying in my bed and i'm just running my fingers over it and i'm like you know what if ever i'm gonna do it it's gonna be now and then whoop, and then i started bending it and i freaked out so much i bent it so hard i snapped it i would have lost my mind it was it was weird she sounds like super awesome by the way she really is <laughs> the whole like front porch and then your ice cream parlor situation you've got a lot in details in the story so, that i'm in love with so this this community it's a it's 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 a little it's a lakeside town a village in upstate New York, well, Western New York. And what it is, is everybody that lives there is a medium. Well, not everybody that lives there is a medium, but there's a lot of practicing mediums that live there. And you have to take a test to be allowed to live there and, and work as a medium. Awesome. Love so, that. Details, come on. <laughs> once you pass the test, then you can hang hang your shingle out and, and, and have people come into your house and, and pay for readings. But you, as part of that deal, you have to give gallery readings. They do a gallery a couple of times a day in different places. So people that come to this village, they pay, I think, 23 bucks a person to get in for the day. And then, because there's a gate, you pay to come into the, to the town. And then you can go to, there's the Forest Temple. There's Inspiration Stump. There's uh, the church where they hold their services. There's all these different places. They do stuff in the library. So they have these, these gallery readings where you can go and maybe get, get a reading. So it's, it's very interesting how I went to like three of those things and I got picked out every time from all the people that were there. I was like, is there like, did somebody tell them that I'm the guy that does the <laughs> yeah. radio show? But it was, it was just, it's a great experience and I, I can't wait to go back someday. But uh, I'll tell you more about that off the air. It's, you know, it's not that interesting. On the no, air. but I want to go now that it's like getting nicer out and it sounds like my jam. So it, it definitely is. You gotta, you gotta like go to Buffalo and then fly from Buffalo, you fly to Buffalo and then you drive like an hour south and you'll be there. I'm a traveler, so I'm down. I'm going to do this. This sounds amazing. Uh, one other thing that um, I, I wanted to mention is there's, it, 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 some people have been reluctant to embrace the technology for being able to offer up readings and, and to take clients. You have it working well for you. You don't find that there's any, do you find that there is any kind of barriers in being remote as opposed to being in person with somebody? Absolutely not. Not for a second. I have clients around the country. So for me to be a mom and have that work-life balance and I still take COVID very, very seriously, as do my clients, I think it's just, you know, 
I went in, well, we went into lockdown March, 2020, I was already doing phone readings. So when people would reach out and say, oh, I'm panicked, you know, I'm not gonna be able to meet you and I'm not gonna be able to shuffle the cards or how are you not gonna pick up on my energy? It's not about that. I shouldn't have to see you. I shouldn't have to be near you. I take a lot of pride and integrity in my work where, you know, this is gonna be legitimate. You should, you know, my energy through the phone with you is gonna be just as detailed, if not, if I'm in person with you. So because so many of my clients are around the country and I have clients elsewhere, I wouldn't be able to be in person with them anyways. And then where COVID's still very real and in doing one-on-one scares me a little bit, um, hopefully that will lift, let's fingers crossed. No, absolutely not. I, have, I find no issue with whatsoever. I've also found that some feel remote is far better for them because for one thing, uh, they might they might not feel as, it's not as easy in person to give some of this more personal detailed stuff that you know, the, the non-psychic part of you says, oh, you really shouldn't bring that up. And so you're, you're a little bit, there's a little bit of trepidation about what you would say to a person one-on-one -on -one with them as opposed to if you're talking to them over a camera, it's a little bit easier to say, oh, and yeah, and we know, I can see you're having an affair and that's not going to work out, <laughs> you know? And then there's, there's also, there's some people too who think that, um, not, not, not that I'm going to name any names of people who aren't here in the studio who couldn't be here tonight, but some of those people who were against doing things remotely at first, but the pandemic kind of forced their hand, you know, they have a tendency when they go to give somebody a reading, okay, this is a 15 minute or a 30 minute reading. And 45 minutes later, I'm knocking on the door being like, come on, you've got somebody else waiting. Somebody can't really keep their eye on the clock with the remote. It's a little bit easier to say, okay, like we have to stop it now. Um, of course, I'm talking about Stephanie. She She's famous for always running over in the times that she was supposed to be giving. So now this with remote, she can time it better and say, okay, our time is up. As opposed to being there in person and having this flood of information come through and not wanting, not wanting to stop until you get all the information out. Well, first and foremost, shout out to Stephanie. I wish she was here because I have not met her yet, but you talk so highly of her and I've, you know, followed her content for years. So I respect that she didn't want to do remote. And I think every single psychic medium is going to have a different approach. And I don't, you know, my thought is too, and let's talk about this. A lot of my calls are strictly calls, not Zoom or FaceTime. And here's why I love that because, and I know my clients that are listening or listening after this can agree. I will tell them, Hey, mom's here. And she's saying you're in this room wearing this outfit or mm -hmm. what's the deal with this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they're like, what, why do you know that? I feel like sometimes in person, you know, there's a quote unquote tell, you know, that psychics can go off of, of like, well, is she wearing a wedding ring or if she took it off? Is there a tan mark or what's her aesthetic? You know, you can get a lot of information face to face. Sometimes it's more validating for me and my clients to be on the phone because this person calls from Arizona. I don't know them. I'm this little girl in the, you know, Bridgewater Triangle area. We'll get to that. And they're thinking, how does she know this? Why does she know this? And like, you know, and, and something I didn't think about until you just said that too, is if they're on Zoom or Skype and they have a camera, there's probably even more clues for somebody because they're in their own space. So you can kind of look around and see, oh, they have a, there's a, painting on the wall of, a, of an older lady with a spotlight on it. Like that must be their mom. Their mom has passed. You know, like you can get a lot more visual clues being in somebody's space where they're not as guarded about sharing things. A thousand percent. I love doing the phone calls. I'm all for group readings and I know that I'm going to implement in person more 
for sure, because that's if people want that, I'm going to give it to them. I try to cater to my clients as much as possible. And then also to piggyback off the Stephanie situation as far as timing, it's wild because you have to be really careful and a half an hour turns into an hour very quickly. And I, all of my clients know I tend to talk over, but it's tough. You have to set boundaries or else, you know, your four hour work day turns into a 10 hour work day because people are like, one more question, one more thing. And I, I will not hang up the phone. So. Well, speaking of boundaries, I mean, this is, this is a tough question because you're trying to help people and these people are contacting you because they want help. But I'm sure there have probably been times where you've had to say to somebody like you need to pull back a little bit because people do become dependent on you, uh, especially if they've lost somebody. Stephanie and I have talked about this quite a bit where if somebody comes to her, like she tends to not want to deal with somebody that has had a recent loss until they've gone through the grieving process because it's too easy for them to not let that person go. And now you're just the avatar for that person for them. So they can't go through the process of grief if they've still got you, you know, three times a week helping them connect with their loved one who has passed on. I don't, I'm going to go against the grain here a little bit with that. Um, and once again, I respect every medium's point of view and in what their work life looks like in their timelines. I don't do the timeline thing. So someone can call me. Well, first and foremost, when they get on the phone with me, they're not going to tell me who they lost. I'm going to tell them. And so they'll say, oh my gosh, how did you pick up on that? You know, my son passed away three days ago and I've met with mediums that say it needs to be this long. I let them come to me. If they're ready for a message, so be it. I don't think it's I do not think at all I'm halting their healing process. Well, no, let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. So it's not so much that they're reaching out to you for the help that I think that's perfectly natural. I'm talking about when you start to realize that they're, they're not moving on. They're becoming too dependent on having you be there all the time. Do you want to know the funniest thing ever? And I love you all of my clients. I love you so much. And my family, that's more with tarot. Really? Yeah, apps 1000%. They won't make any decision until they consult the cards first. 1000%. I'll get two, three, four a.m. calls. And that's where that boundary setting comes in because I, you know me, I have anxiety and I want everyone to be happy. And I, I, I don't, I take this, I take a lot of pride in people reaching out to me because there's a lot of other people they can go to. So my gratitude is like at an all time high. You know, when people reach out to me, I'm blessed because there's a lot of people in this field they, they could be reaching out to. So I'm never like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. I'm going to cut this person off. That doesn't happen. You know, knock on wood, the hundreds of people I've talked to in my lifetime or I don't know how many, but they're amazing. I, I tend to attract, and I don't know if it's law of attraction based or what it is. I, I do attract the most amazing clients in the world and I'm really grateful for them. It's more tarot based though, where, and we are going through a lot right now. This world the, for the what past two, almost three years is crazy for us. So whether it's love or money or friendships or you name it, people get very, very codependent with that opposed to the mediumship. People don't usually like if someone gets a, a mediumship reading with me, they call it a day and then they'll come back to me when they're ready. I don't find that it's like, I need to talk to you again and again and again. With tarot, it's more like that, but I'm I'm cool with that. I have absolutely no problem talking to someone weekly, monthly, yearly. It goes by what they need. So I haven't come across that. What I will say though, is my job isn't opinion based. So I have a really close, close, close relationship with all of my clients. And if they come to me with a subject matter that, 
the friend in me would say, do this or this, that's never going to happen. I'm going to tell you through the cards what's going to happen. So there are times though, at the end of my session, I'm like, I want you to know that you're a queen or a king, depending on who I'm talking to and that you got this. Like I know you personally and I know you got this. And so if I can implement and show that I'm being empathetic as well, then that's fine. But I have no problem if somebody wants to talk. I won't do daily. People don't do that with me. Clients are good about that. Weekly, yes. And I don't get bothered by that. If you need me, you need me. And that's how I that's how I feel about See, it. See, I know skeptics look at people that have abilities and say, oh, they're just preying on people's grief. I actually find that most of the true legitimate people with abilities that I know, they're, they're really dealing with people who have a handle on that grief. And they're not, they would never be able to exploit somebody in that position because they're not coming to them in that position where they're, they are, um, they are kind of latching on to the person who's passed and using the medium as that, as, as the substitute for them. Uh, I find that most of the people that are going to the people who are legitimate and maybe, I mean, you could argue that maybe it's the fact that the people who are legitimate aren't the ones out there trolling and looking for the people. So people come to them, uh, or as opposed to, you know, you're not, Listen, I've known you now for a couple of years and I've seen you on what limited social media that you have and you're not out there every day being like, contact me for readings and, you know, this, I'm doing a special two for one readings like you're not doing that. And I think the people who are doing that, those are the ones that you, not everybody, but like that's a sign that you should be careful about how much they might be exploiting somebody. Whereas the, the people who are legitimate and are there for people when they want the help, they don't they don't need to, to do all that stuff. Yeah, you and I talk about this all the time when we when we do our little business savvy conversations. I think that I've always let my clients come to me. I've never marketed myself. My Instagram is, excuse me, very limited, very lighthearted, um, silly stuff. I don't put myself out there because I know the right people are going to come my way by word of mouth, which I'm really grateful for my clients with that because if they get an amazing reading, they're going to tell a bunch of people and those people are going to come into this not feeling scared or vulnerable because they have someone they care about that said, hey, Jessica Starr gave me a reading. This is her contact info. She was spot on. She really helped me go to her. Whereas I feel like if you market yourself too much, sometimes you're going to attract that. You're right. Where people think, is she preying on the weak? Is she preying on people that are sad? No, never. And, and, to go back what you said and piggyback off that, I've never ever done like two for one specials or I've never done like, you know, a free tower reading if you do this or that. Um, it's just, it's not me and it's not how I roll. I'm never going to have, I never put myself in a situation where, and I tell my clients this, I'm not going to reach out to you, you know, cause I even get like Instagram messages from like psychics that are like, I can feel your dark energy. You need a reading. And I'm like, yikes, block, delete. And yes. I tell my clients that I go, if anyone reaches out to you and tells you, you need a reading, I need you to run. You can come to anyone you want to when you're Which ready. It's, it's become a real problem lately. It's a problem. It scares me. And we talked about this prior. And, and you know, some of them are, some of them are bots. So, or some of them are fake accounts that are spoofing people who actually run their accounts as people who have abilities. And so some of them are just copying them, you know, adding an, you know, all of a sudden it's star with three hours at the end, you know, it's like they do things like that and they try to make it, they spoof your account, they copy all your photos and they try to make it look like it's you. And then they start reaching out to your followers. Like, okay, that I can kind of understand as being, you're just a victim of, of a, of a bot. You know, this, these kind of things happen but I'm seeing actual 
people that are doing that same thing. I get the messages. I'm like, my best friend's a psychic medium. If I wanted a reading, I don't need to pay you whatever you're charging for. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, I've known her for 12 years now and I've never had her read me once, nor would I. And my close family and friends don't get readings by me either. Like my immediate crew, they they pretend I'm not the spooky little being that I am. We do fun things. We don't we don't discuss this world. There's a there's a good balance there. Do you find though that you know, it sounds like you're the kind of person that if you're picking up on something, you have no problem just keeping it to yourself. 100%. I will never do. And this is this is what scares me. Let's touch up on this really quickly is people will say to me, oh, I was here the other day and a woman approached me and started giving me a reading. Never. You do not know where someone's coming from with their religious background. You don't know where someone's coming from mentally, physically. I mean, that's dicey. You don't want to do that. P let people come to you. I would never be in market basket grabbing like ice cream and walk up to someone and be like, hey, your dad's here. Like, it's tacky. And it's not okay. Some people are not open to this world and I'm okay with that. That's why I let people come to me. There's there's people who, you know, they, they'll always throw out uh, Teresa Caputo as like, that's not how you want to be a medium. You don't want to just walk up to people on the street and tell them, I'm like, well, hold on. That's TV. So those people, she didn't just randomly walk up to somebody on the street. It was already planned that she would talk to that person. You're probably watching the fifth time she approached them because they had to film it five times to get it exactly right. And because they have people sign waivers and stuff beforehand. 100%. So yeah. yeah, so that's just the way it's being dramatically presented for the viewer. In actuality, I don't know anybody that does that except for through social media when you get those messages from people. I've never had anybody come up. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have had people that have said to me, like people who've come to some of our events or seen me at a convention or something and come up and said, you know, if you ever want a reading, I, I, I'm picking up a lot of stuff. If you ever want a reading, you should, you should let me know. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. And my thought there might be because they know your connections or who you are as a person. I mean, there's always an angle to something. And I have a lot of respect for Teresa. I think that she's, her talent and where she's gotten so far is absolutely because she's valid. You know, like I've said this to you before, you're never going to hear me talk bad about anyone in this industry. What I will say is that people, people will say that to me. Well, the Long Island medium, she goes into like a deli and I'm like, you have to understand that they absolutely got permission to do that. Because yeah. if you went yeah. in public, someone could easily punch you in the face if you say certain things to them. So it's dicey. And, and, and the other part of it too is that there are a lot of people, Stephanie and I talk about this too, where there's a lot of people who have, how can I describe this, low level of abilities. Mm -hmm. And just because they start making those connections, they're like, I'm going to start putting myself out there. I'm going to start, got to make my website, got to have my, my rates listed on my website, got to start making commercial, like all this stuff. And like they never progress past that initial point. They're not trying to build themselves and, and better themselves. And, you know, I know you said that you were born with this, but I'm sure you've still honed things over time to learn how to access these abilities better and probably more than anything, learn how to turn them off when you need to. But could you imagine if like the same, you're not the same person that you were when you were three or four years old doing it as you are now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in my thirties now. And I think, you know, as I get older, of course my abilities are going to change. And then the more clients I talk to and then the more in depth I get into expressing how I, I am as a person, because it took me a long time to accept this, you know? And in high school, I stopped doing it altogether because I was the unpopular weirdo and I wasn't going to be like, hey guys, I talk to dead people. <laughs> so I think, you know, and then in my 20s, I would do free readings to my friends and my family and, and people I love the most. And they were like, no, Jess, like you, you have to do this for a living. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that because you know my panic. But I, no, I dove head first and I don't regret it at all. 
whatsoever. And, you know, again, in the two years that we've, we've known each other, like, it's not like I've ever said to you, like, Hey, you know, prove to me that you're real. Give me a reading. But just so happens that tonight, you know, we're, I'm, I'm on my way here. And here we go. So Story time. You would message that you were leaving. And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving too. Like, you know, just trying to sync up time so we could arrive around the same time. And then, cause it's, if it's one thing that I hate, it's when I tell you I'm going to be here at a certain time and I get held up and then somebody's sitting in this parking lot waiting for me. It's, it can be an odd parking lot at night. It's a spooky parking lot. You guys, it kind of is. There's somebody who just keeps walking around. There's the really sketchy lighting long. you guys. And there's a 99. It's mm -hmm. really weird. So uh, I, you know, I was just letting you know that I was leaving and I get in the car, I start driving down the road and the car in front of me is like weaving around and I live on, on a road with a lot of S curves and, and, and twists and turns. And this car is like weaving, it's going into the other lane and I can see that they're doing something on their cell phone and I can't make out what it is, but there's something happening with their cell phone stuck on the, the windshield or on the, the, the dashboard and they're just all over the road. So I'm slowing myself down almost to a crawl so that if they do wait, weave over and smack into another car, I'll have time to stop before I become number three. Sure. And I'm just watching this go on and it's, it's aggravating me. I'm thinking, do I call the police? Because is this person drunk? Um, the car behind me is beeping at me because I'm going too slow, but they can't see what's going on in front of me. Finally, we get out off my road and onto where it's like onto a main road and there's two lanes and I can go by them. And I see that they have like a, a map on their phone. So it's like probably a DoorDash driver, an Uber driver or something who is trying to do two things at once. But as I go by them, I get into the lane and I go to get on the highway and I just happen to, you know, like check my phone. I know I shouldn't check my phone while I'm driving. <laughs> the irony. But I'm just like worried because I was going so slow that like you're going to get here before me. So I look at my phone and I see that I have a message from you from like 10 minutes before that just says drive safe. Yeah, and of I was, course. And I was like, oh, well, I was like, that's kind of an odd thing to say to somebody. Like we're not, we're not in our 60s, you know, we don't say that to somebody. <laughs> But it was, it just. It's the mom in me. It's the, it's the mom slash psychic in me. But I was like, see, there we go. See, real psychic. Glad I'm putting you on the radio. God, my friends hate it. I'll text them at like 2 a.m. I'm like, are you good? And they're like, you psychopath. How do you know that I'm like having a nervous breakdown right now? I'm like, give it to me, girl. Tell me what's going on. But yeah, it's, it's the empath in me, you know, and that's what it comes down to for sure. And then I, I think the other day when I had messaged you, when we were talking about business stuff, I was like, are you like good are you stressed and you were just like actually like I'm going through this this and this like, so it was, it's just funny when you like have friendships and it, and you pick up on things like that for sure I mean I, I like to think that I am um, you know I always say that I'm psychic as a brick like that's that's the term that I always use but you know sometimes you do find like you'll just randomly decide to message somebody and just because you haven't talked to them in a while and they'll respond back with Oh man, how'd you know I was just like thinking about you? Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, well, we're all wildly intuitive in our own ways. Some of us just don't maybe approach it the best or they don't follow their gut instincts. So And and when we we have a, a few minutes here left before we'll take a break for the news. When we come back in the second hour, I want to talk more kind of about the paranormal overall. Yes, let's do the spooky stuff. But if it's sure. one if it's one thing that I've learned over time, it's that the more that you do the paranormal stuff, the more you kind of become sensitive to it enough. Like I'm not saying I can go out and have a conversation with a ghost, but what I can do is I can go to a place, uh, somebody has me come by for an investigation and I can walk in and say, okay, there's definitely something here. Right. Uh, you know, I can't tell you what it is, who it is, where to find it or any of that, but I just 
get that feeling and get that sense. Or even if just going into an investigation saying, oh, I, I feel like this is going to be a night where we're going to have a lot of activity even before I get to the location. Right. So it's almost like, yeah, like I said, you're intuitive. You've got that nature about you. And like, I mean, and to give you credit here, you've done so many investigations. You you know what you're going into sometimes and sometimes you don't. But I think you're right. You probably do prep yourself and you're like, ah, oh, there's going to be a lot of activity. And then when it happens, you're like, I was correct. <laughs> yeah. I, I liken it to a mechanic, a mechanic who you can say, my car is making a noise and you pull into the garage and they listen and they say, yeah, that sounds like this. Or... Uh, my car has a funny smell. Uh, yep, no, that's definitely transmission fluid. Like you just, you have enough experience with it to be able to just kind of know already without having to actually, you know, dive under there and get your hands dirty. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, do you find that as you are, you know, as you are utilizing these abilities to help other people, do you find that you rely on them for yourself too? Or do you try to say, I'm going to let whatever happens to me happen? Like, are you giving yourself, a, are you reading the cards for yourself every day? Or do you kind of just push that aside and say, I need some randomness in my life because I see how much stuff can actually be pre-planned and pre-ordained? No, I do not read my own tarot. I actually can't. Um, I think my energy dictates the cards, if I'm being honest. And, and then it's funny, I meet psychics that can only read themselves. I try to not be in this world because my whole life is being a medium. My whole life is, you know, doing the tarot and, and paranormal. And so if I can be, and that's why I said my Instagram or anything else like goofy. And if I'm with my boyfriend and we're doing something silly, like let's keep this in mind. As far as my relationship, my friendships, my family, I'm not the psychic medium. I'm Jess. You know, I don't I don't push anything on anyone. I'm not like you need a reading or I'm picking up on this. There's, there's two different worlds there because like you said, you can't get consumed all the time. You know, my best, best, best friends of like 20 years, we're not sitting around talking about my career. We're sitting around laughing and, and trying to get out of that zone because you know how my life is. My house is haunted. My whole life is haunted. So I'm like, let's not go there. Let's go bowling instead. Like, let's talk about something else. I, I very rarely talk anything about this with Stephanie outside of like being on the show. Yeah. Like it comes up in conversations that we're having here on the show, obviously, but generally, uh, we never really talk about it in real life. Maybe sometimes like if we're a long drive and we're coming back from an investigation or something, I might ask her, well, how did this happen? How did this work for you? But I, I just, uh, you know, I feel like it's it's one of those things where if you do spend enough time, you know, like, think about it like this. How many people are psychologists or psychiatrists and they don't want to have to help their friends with their problems? You right. know, like, I do this all day. Like, I just want to talk about something different. Yep. And, uh, and you know, let's, let's, let's do something where I can kind of turn off that part of my brain. Yeah, everybody in my life is super respectful, whether they're skeptics or not. Because, I mean, I'm a skeptic, and that's that's a whole other story in itself. But they don't, you know, they respect my business, and they respect who I am, whether it's, like, mentally, physically, aesthetically. But they don't go there, and I like that, so. But you still get the jokes, I assume. You still get the, oh, you should have seen that coming joke. and this You should have seen that coming. I will get texts sometimes being like, girl, I think there's a ghost in my bedroom. What's happening? And I'm like, you're fine. It's your air conditioning coming on. Because I love to debunk. That's my favorite thing. I'm like, it's the guy living upstairs. He's probably stomping around. You're totally fine. Go back to sleep. Throw on some Seinfeld. You're, you're good. So, yeah. 
Well, we'll we'll talk about all that more. We're going to dive into some of the paranormal stuff coming up after the news. Uh, We'll talk about some different local hauntings, too. Of course, you heard Jess mention that she's from the Bridgewater Triangle area, so we'll talk some Bridgewater Triangle as well. And we'll also have the phone lines open if you have any questions for her at 508-996-0500. I feel like I have to put this disclaimer out, this warning. Every time that we have somebody on who has abilities, we are not doing readings. We are just having you call in with questions if there is something that you are that a question that you want to ask that I haven't asked or you know something that you are wondering but not a reading and don't call in and try and do the sneak thing where it, <laughs> please don't do that because hap- I'm so nice and I don't want to say the, no yeah uh, no I'll say no I have no yeah, problem can, doing it you can absolutely be the bully and say no it happens all the time so many years of doing this 16 years of doing this show I know all the tricks so if you're going to call up and you know frame the question as uh you know I think it's fascinating what you do and uh you know I just I have a question if if, you know, if my grandfather was around me right now, like, no, no, I already know what you're doing. Click, you're gone. And I don't care <laughs> who you, you are. Thank so. you for sticking up for me. And, and because people don't understand, it's a different kind of mindset to be able to come in and do those kind of things. And as you alluded to, I'm not speaking out of school here because you mentioned it. You're very anxious about coming on the radio tonight. And it's not the right kind of energy to try and do that. So, like, let's let her get 30 or 40 appearances on the show. <laughs> I don't know, though, because we talked about earlier that that might still not happen. I don't yeah. know if I'm open to radio readings, well, but I'd love to talk to people if they don't was, have any questions about anything else. I was only exaggerating, too, about 30 or 40. All right. All right we'll be back in just a few <laughs> moments with more Spooky South Coast. Don't go anywhere. South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with my in-studio guest this week, psychic medium Jessica Starr, and uh, let me make sure I turn your microphone on there. I always forget to turn the mics on of everybody else. Am I on, or is yeah. this just going to be the Tim show? No, point? you're on. It's like, it's like, I'm so important, I have to be the only microphone that's on. No, Nobody I definitely got that air of narcissism. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the other day, it was it was funny because I, as one of my weekly segments on my daytime show, I have the mayor of New Bedford in every week. And he comes in for an hour and we talk about different issues going on in the city. And by the end of the hour this week, he was like, like reminding me to turn his microphone on. Like as we were coming back from the break, he'd like point, be like, don't forget to turn it on. He knows this stuff. He should be doing, he should be running the show. Yeah. Well, we've had him come in and uh, we've had him come in and host the morning show before. I've offered to have him come in and be on Spooky South Coast, but for some reason he feels like he doesn't want to do that. Weird. That's so weird. I don't know why an elected official would want to come on and talk about the paranormal. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I was telling you about how we went to Lilydale. Yes. W- one of the people that I was there with that weekend is um, 
uh, Senator, uh, former Congressman Bob Nay. Okay. Who was the guy who put the bill for Freedom Fries. Wild. Yeah. So. You, you're, you get linked up with like the coolest people I swear. So just, yeah, imagine. So uh, there was one point. So there's a cabin. There, there's a spot where the cabin was. You know, I'm sure you know the Fox sisters. Mm-hmm. So the Fox sisters' original cabin where they first communicated with spirits, kicking off the whole spiritualist movement, was brought to Lilydale. And then it burned down in a fire. But the site where it, where it is is now like a little park. And so myself and Phil, the morning show host here, and Congressman Bob Nay are standing at that site running an Echo Vox session trying to communicate with the spirits of the Fox sisters. I think that's amazing. And I love worlds colliding like that. Yeah. And stuff was coming through and he was like, oh my God, we're really talking to ghosts. <laughs> I love that. So Let's get into all things spooky. Let's do that. But before we do, we have a phone call on the line. Okay. Let's and, do that. And uh, it, it may be Lamone. I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. Okay. It may be. Fair. Hello. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jessica Starr. Hello. What's shaking, Playboy? How uh, you doing? Say hello to Jessica Lamone. Hello, Jessica. How are Hi, you? Hi. How are you? I wish I was. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's, so how's the weather out there? It's pretty we bipolar. Have- it's pretty crazy. It's actually, it's it's muggy, and yesterday was like summer, and we don't know how to act in New England when it's nice out. We're outside in like our bathing suits when it hits 60, so. We had our first. Tuesday, we had our first 80 degrees of the, of the year, so just let, I'm in Las Vegas, so just letting you, letting you know that, how that goes. Um, there's something I'd like to uh, do uh, for a second before I go on. You, may, I'd like to, I'd like to something I'd like to say about like um, last time I called. Okay. And all right, hold on. All right, all right. Um, all right I like to say like about the, about the Mormon people. Uh, too bad there's not more people are more like them, more groups of people, more families. They take care of their own. And so I just wanted to make sure I got that out there before I went on the rest of that stuff. So, yeah. So well, just, well, had, well, let's yeah. be fair. This is just because he was trying to get the previous guest to marry him. So No, not, not marry me. I have, I, don't, I, have to try, test, I have to try the goods out before I decide to marry anyone. Unless it's Oprah. You know, like I said, with that kind of money. I'm like, oh, Oprah, I'll carry your baby. So it's like, you know, that's just like that. So, but, um, yeah, speaking of that, we're doing next month, uh, April 29th, uh, 28th to, through the 1st of May, we're doing the True Crime Convention here in Las Vegas. No. Ooh, True Crime, my favorite. Exactly. So somebody's going to come out here and visit me next month for that, you know, since dealing with, uh, with, uh, Elizabeth, with Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. Do you like Lizzie Borden, young lady? I cannot believe you just said her name, Tim. We can get into this. We can get right into this. This is what it's, I told you about. It's actually something we planned on talking this about is, because it's been something yeah. that has, has followed you around. F- literally stalked me. It's, I think follows, you know, that's a little light to say that. Stalk. Stalk is a word for me. You said stalk. Huh? That's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, celery. That's not it. Oh, my oh, goodness. Could you go on? I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. Go on. I mean, are we going to discuss well, this together, or yeah, where are we going with this? Well, we'll do one of those things where we say, uh, "We'll we'll let you go, and you can listen listen uh, after oh, you hang up." But so, oh, no, don't be that to a brother. Uh, <laughs> we well, promise we, we'll we'll go. Well, in we depth. have we have a lot to un- unpack with this, so it might take the whole rest of the hour. But that's uh, why I'm here. That's why I'm here. So you know, help fill the hours. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Lamont thinks he's a co-host. Love. I love that for you. I love that. My thank you, Waka Waka. So yes, that'll be a great thing. All right. Uh, uh, so um, 
we're also going to be doing not this Thursday, but next Thursday, the 1st, the 31st or whatever, we're doing Mobius, the new Mobius. Oh, yeah. See, Lamone's like the, the um, Chamber of Commerce for Las Vegas. He lets yeah, us know about all the great events. On. He's got a lot going over there on the West Coast. Yeah, you'll exactly. have to let me know how that is because uh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that one. Have you seen the Moon Knight uh, show yet? Not yet, no. Well, it's all co connected together. And so, you know, like, what, remember Werewolf by Night, stuff with the deep Marvel comedy. Yeah, they're coming out with all, a special for that by on Halloween, yeah. So that's all connected with the Moon Knight character. Mm -hmm. You know, we got Isaac, Isaac, uh, what's his name? Isaac, Oscar Isaac. Uh, yeah, Oscar Isaac. Oh, they're, they're, he's, he's playing, you know, Moon Knight in the comics is a Jewish guy. and But he's, he's, he's supposed to his name, Oscar Isaac. Perfect, you know, it seems like a Jewish name. And it's like, but it's fine, you know, Oscar Goldman. He's, he no, Oscar, the <laughs> no, Oscar Isaac is not is not Jewish. No, Isaac's his middle name. He, he yeah, actually oh. has a he has a Hispanic last name. But um, Boy, just just really quickly, Lamont, before I let you go, do you have the do you have the network epics, the cable network epics? I have to climb the pole. Remember, I told you about somebody hitting the pole. Where I've been climbing and like having well, flex. Next time, you, to, next yeah. time you climb the pole, there's a TV show called From. Check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a really creepy, really creepy show. Yeah, F R O M. Uh, I've I've just caught up with the uh, the six episodes that are out so far, and it's uh, it's very creepy. It's very Stephen Kingish. It's about a town where the people can't leave, and they have to go inside by the time the sun goes down. And I won't give kind any like, more information than that. That's kind of like uh, like you know curfew, but but it's also like isn't that kind of like um the but the mist or the fog that yeah that it's very movie. very similar I, I think you'll enjoy it and uh so yeah check it out it's called from is it more exciting than um than uh than what we do in the shadows yeah that's a funny show this is this yeah, is more I'm of a your, this is a creepy yeah, show I mean, yeah. it's a very good show so jessica what when's your birthday Oh yikes! He gets, <laughs> he gets super personal. Don't, don't worry about it. I'll let you know that I'm a Gemini. Let's not get into too many details. Oh, but oh really? Yeah. Really? I'm a Scorpio. Ooh, <laughs> I like Scorpios. Scorpios get a bad rap, but I'm a I'm a Scorpio person for sure. I've got a great rap. You ought to let me tell it to you, but I don't want everybody like trying to bite. Like, oh, uh, that sounds so good. All right, we're, we're just going to let you go because I'm looking at the clock. We got a lot to cover, but thank you for the call. Thank oh, you. Thing, have you. Have you talked to Michelle? No, just the other day, just in some messages back and forth. Okay, that's cool. I'm glad. Okay, so I hope to talk to you guys soon. Are you doing the show live next week? I uh, should be here. And what about Friday? Are you going to be, be live then? Yep, we'll have a live show Friday, too. Well, why don't you answer the phone when I call on Friday? Because I don't have the phone lines hooked up at home anymore. Oh, Mr. Smarty Pan. Oh, all right, okay, all right. We're going to let you go. Uh, have a good night. Bye-bye. He's gonna. He's just gonna keep going. I, I actually just pot him down, but he just keeps. Going. No, he seems sweet. Um, so, I want to get into the to the Lizzie Borden stuff because this is it. this is something that has come up in our conversations yeah. over the last I couple of years. All the time, all, and I. It's funny that I said to you today when we were discussing this. I can't get away from her and that in that house, and there's just so much to unpack. And I know we're limited, but the fact that he called and brought that up, I'm like, well, you know, Lizzie knows, so well, you know, why not? So. Let's let's kind of let's at least start a little bit at the beginning. How did you first realize that this was a thing for you? Um, so I've obviously made it a point to go to numerous paranormal locations. I was, you know, blessed enough to go to the Stanley last year in Colorado with my brother and that experience was 
otherworldly and I got amazing footage. And I mean, my friends back home were literally looking at my stories being like, come home, get on a plane. Like you need help. This is crazy <laughs> because the, the photos and the videos, I mean, that place is just fabulously haunted. Um, and so if I have the opportunity to go somewhere, you know, pre COVID, this was 2019. I think I had gone to Lizzie's house when we, uh, as a kid, you know, and then my aunt, Kathy has, she loves all things paranormal as well. Um, she stayed there before, God bless her heart, because I wouldn't be able to do that, not with my anxiety attacks that are definitely connected to my mediumship. But 2019, I went and I I just had a really hard time. I had a really hard time being there. And I do pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm not like a loon. Like I can tell the difference between, okay, is this a panic attack, Jessica? Or is this energy or what's going on here? And from start to finish, that house was hard for me. Like the tour itself was hard for me. And it's funny, the friend that I was with at the time, who's, when I say skeptic, beyond skeptic, I mean, they literally went with me because they were like, cool, whatever, we have time. Uh, we walked in and we were in the dining room and we did a day tour, by the way, too. I wasn't even, it wasn't even like, it was like, you know, midnight. And they looked at me and they were like, I don't feel good. And I was like, same. And then I was cool with it. The tour guy was insanely knowledgeable and she was great. And so I was trying to soak it all in and I got up to the third floor um, and I was in the front of the group and like before the tour guide, I mean, the tour guide was like next to me, but I had that opportunity. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, cause you're the expert here. I believe that was that, that room with the dolls, right? Like what room was that? That, that was originally um, with the dolls. So when you first walk up the stairs, that yep. first room right there. That not it's the, got the little rocking chair with the dolls in it. Not the one that you take the left. No, you, no, no, no. It's you like go right into where at the Mrs. Top. Borden was killed, but the one. To, to, no, no, no. Like the top, top, the attic. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh, the toy room. The one that the has toy the toy room. chest in it. Oh, yeah. the Hosea Knowlton room. Yeah. Okay. So I go in that room and I'm just like sick as a dog to the point where I looked at my friend and I was like, I got to get out of here. I mean, heart racing. I felt like time stopped. I was sick. I was sick. My stomach was sick. And I usually do really, really well with paranormal locations. And I I just didn't do well with that. And then I went home and there was, I looked at every single photo and video I took from that house. And it was, everything was either blacked out completely or it was like whited out. Like someone took a flashlight up to your camera. And I mean, I had a brand new iPhone. So not to say that iPhones aren't reliable sometimes, but... I, I didn't feel good. And when I left, I was like, what was that? But I think it comes down to so much more than Lizzie, you know, I'm, you know, the land and the history of it, but. Well, in, in that room in particular, it uh, certainly comes down to what happened next door because the, the children's spirits are what is said to haunt that room. But also there was the former caretaker who yeah. passed away. Uh, who hangs around in that room. And then I think that there's, I think that there's something in that house throughout that is, you know, not a human thing. Uh, you know, 100%. Not, not, not demonic. I'm not going down that route. I don't, I don't put those labels on things. But yeah. I think that there's something there that is just a, 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 a natural energy. And it's a natural negative energy. And it's, it manifests itself quite often in that room. 100%. I think it comes down to so much more than Lizzie. But I mean, then again, I'm a medium and I'm an empath and a lot went down, not only, you know, like you said, in the house next door, but that land. And then you're in a home where people lost their lives. And so that all together, and then obviously I'm a mom. So I'm picking up on that, you know, that childlike energy. And I, I have to say that is the only 
paranormal location that I've been to because my house is obviously a paranormal location. We've talked about that wildly haunted uh, that I I was sick enough or I'll be honest with you. I was like, I have to leave or else I'm going to have to go to the hospital. It wasn't a casual like panic attack. It wasn't a casual, oh, she's got the stomach flu. Like I was deeply, deeply sick. And then you and I talked about how Lizzie always comes up with me. Like I'll see her picture or I go somewhere and there's a book about her or her name comes up and she comes up in my dreams. And it's like, what is this connection for me? You know what I mean? Like, cause, because I'm the skeptic, I'm like, yeah, you're a medium. So why wouldn't Lizzie try to contact you? But in the same token, I'm like, why me? I don't live in that area. I don't live in the Fall River area. And I, in my head, can't think like, am I related to her some way? I don't know. I had a very, very vivid dream about her today. And I swear it's because I was coming here. And then, you know, we have your friend that just called in that brings her up. And I told you like law of attraction wise, she always comes up some way. And I'm like, I've got to investigate this more. I have to figure this out. So with, with the discernment that you have when it comes to spirits, do you, are, are you sure it's definitely her and not something else just utilizing her as a way to get your attention? I don't know. I mean, it's not that I can't, it's not that I can't always distinguish that. I think, I think it's the accumulation of things. I think it could be her, you know, my stance on that situation and my views on that, I don't think are valid, whether she did it or not. I don't, I don't even like to go there. I think it's a matter of everything that went down in that house. I think she would absolutely try to, I mean, she was a really strong female. She went on to do some really cool stuff. She like traveled and I mean, she's, she's a strong female energy anyway. So when I dream about her, yes, I think it's her, the illness I felt being there and afterwards, no, I think that's absolutely an accumulation of everything going on there for sure. I would not be like, it's Lizzie, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I've, I mean, of course I had Amanda Millette on a few weeks ago who, you know, she is very vocal about thinking, very vocal about her belief that Lizzie didn't do it. Um, but I, as I was kind of explaining to her in, in that, in that discussion, I don't find like, you know, similar to what you're saying, like, it doesn't matter what, what I think about if she did it or not. That's not what my role is in this, in this story. Uh, that's not what my role is in investigating that house. All the times that I've done it, I look at it more of just, that is, that is just one part of the story. How did that affect, how did the, even the accusation and the trial and the acquittal and all that even affect the activity that's happening? Cause I'll tell you the more, the more I have looked into that place, the more I have investigated it for myself, the more I kind of play the story out over in my mind. I don't know that any of the board and spirits are in that house. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, and I've said this probably 10 times when I listen to this over, I mean, I'm a huge skeptic. I like to put reason behind things. And so I'm like, you know, sometimes you go into something and mentally you're going to try to find something. And we've talked about that before. Like if you go in and you're like begging to find something, you're going to hear a creak in a, in a floor and be like, ah, it's something. Well, let me, let me clarify. I, I think that the, the house is haunted. No, There's absolutely. definitely stuff going on there. Right. I just don't, I don't think it's the boards. I, yeah, think, it's, and I'm, and I I'm, think it's something else pretending to be the boards. Right. And I'm, and I'm piggybacking off of that as well, saying 100%. Do I think that they're stuck there? Not necessarily. Cause as a medium, I'm big about, you know, you go elsewhere, but I think absolutely the residual energy. And I, it's like we said, there's a lot going on there for sure. There's a lot. And I wouldn't, I mean, I, I think a lot of the haunted places that we go to are haunted because we expect them to be. And mm -hmm. so therefore we make them haunted. Yeah. 
I mean, I will say about the Stanley though, I that I brought my brother who's a, I mean, he's laughable skeptic. Like he's just like, stop it. This is stupid. And it's one of those places, like I said to you, some places you'll go into and some paranormal investigators are like, I didn't hear or see a thing. And other people are like, nope, this place is wildly haunted. And that's what I liked about the Stanley was going in there and knowing like everybody that was there was down to have a story or pictures or like, I mean, I had some crazy experiences at that hotel. So it's, to me, it's like, yeah, you can go places. I'm like, ah, I didn't hear anything or see anything at all. And then other places it's like accepted. I feel that way about New Orleans. When I go to New Orleans, it's like, it's accepted in that culture. And because of that, you'll go to places where things happen. And it's like, you can't debunk it. Like bizarre things will take place. And I feel that way in the house that I live in too. I mean, there's legitimacy behind some of the stuff that goes around me. And my boyfriend says, I'm the one that's haunted and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't know. I mean, it could be me, could, uh, not an attachment, so to speak, but because I'm a medium, do I attract these things? I don't know. I also live, like we talked about in the Bridgewater Triangle. So not surprising a lot of stuff goes on considering my house is from the 1800s. Well, I, I often say too that one of the, the only real way that we can understand hauntings living in this area is if we get out of this area and go experience some hauntings because New England has its own, its own character to it when it comes to hauntings. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when you go to a place like New Orleans right. where the, the communication with spirits is far more freer, if you go to a place like I had mentioned Lilydale before where people communicate with spirits all the time, if you go to a place like Tombstone or Bisbee, out in Arizona where people are always talking about the ghosts. Like these places, it's a, it's a totally different atmosphere when it comes to dealing with this stuff. Even here in Massachusetts and in New England, when we go to a place that is known to be haunted, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you're doing something wrong by going in there and mm -hmm. talking to them. And it's, you know, there, it's almost like you are, um, you're going against the belief system of everybody else around you because we still have a, a lot of that Puritan underpinning and everything that we do here. When you go to a place like New Orleans where you see the people just accept it for what it is and it's just part of it. You're going to go into that restaurant and there's a table over there where the ghosts are going to come mm -hmm. and sit down and eat. Absolutely. I feel the way about Salem too. It's just so wildly accepted that sometimes when you're in this world, it is nice to sometimes go places like that and have like-minded people to have these discussions with where they're not looking at you like, all right, like you're you're a loony like so yeah absolutely i think i think you're right but i think i mean god we have so much history in massachusetts it's crazy so yeah i love when i'm talking to people you know interviewing people on this show or my other show where they'll say oh well uh, i get to investigate the oldest house in my town and it's you know it's it's 115 years old and i'm like 115 years old like Around here, the houses around here, like the front door is 115 years old. Yeah. Like these houses are 200, 300 years old. Like that doesn't impress me much, but you know, it's all, it's all relative to where you are. I mean, I tell them, I usually like kind of casually mention when they're like, oh, I get to investigate a place from 1838. And I'm like, oh really? There's a place in my town I investigate from 1690. Right. And like, it just goes to show that we've got a long history and a lot of a lot of stuff can happen in that time between the humans and, and the people who aren't here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Like even I said, I mean, my house being from the 1800s, isn't that crazy? I mean, that's not super old, but we have to remember the land that I'm on and where I'm at. Right. My parents' house is super haunted and my mom's awesome. She's like such a, like my mom's like, she does not care that I'm a psychic medium. She sees ghosts and she'll be like, meh, it was a shadow or it was the glare of the TV. Like, so it's funny to be me because my relatives are like, mm, really? 
like I think it was the heater turning on. Like they're not like my mom's the coolest person in the world, but she's a true and true tourist. Uh, true and true tourist. She's like black and white about things. Like she's like I'm like mom. I, I got all these clients and I'm I'm gonna go on the radio and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And she's like cool. So like we're gonna hang out tomorrow and have like Chick Fil A. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't care. It's not that no, she not doesn't tomorrow. care, but like she my mom's easily more psychic than I am, and so it wasn't my auntie Kathy. They just didn't approach it. You know, my mom busted hump her whole life doing her own thing with her career. And my aunt's like insanely well-educated. And I come from the coolest family ever. It was just my older ancestors that approached this more. I'm the odd, I'm the odd duck, so to speak. So looking at, you know, the experiences that you've had at some of these places, and I know that, you know, you want to start focusing in more on, on that. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you think that you would put a line between your, psychic medium self and your investigator self or would you find a way to blend them together because like just you know not to speak for her but when stephanie started she was a paranormal you know when i first met her she was a paranormal investigator that part was known the part about being a psychic medium she kind of kept under wraps and she always tried to keep that line between them she tried to be scientific in the way she approached paranormal investigation because she realized if she used her abilities and used that as the way that she investigated for one thing, like people wouldn't really understand what she was doing, but also that that would make people question what she found. So she thought if I, you know, people are skeptical about psychic mediums. If I can present, you know, hard evidence of what I'm experiencing, then people will accept it a little bit more. So she had to kind of keep that line between the two till she finally realized it's impossible to do that. You have to blend them together. Yeah. The, the lines get blurred no matter what. I think at the end of the day, um, and I've seen you and Stephanie on the, the 2B special for the Amityville thing that I was the person that watched it like 47 times. I do. That's my well, comfort. Whether it's, you. whether it's the Amityville thing or true crime, like that's my go to sleep stuff, which is wild, but I'm creepy. So, I mean, watching you guys talk about it, I think everyone did a really, really good job of seeing it in a broader picture. You know, Stephanie didn't mention like, well, I'm a psychic medium. So this is why this is this way. I think you guys came with such knowledge going into that. I think that's what I would like to do as well. I want to go in there with an open mind. So if I have an experience, I have an experience because I've been dealing with the paranormal my entire life. Do I want to mix the mediumship or the, the psychic stuff? Maybe, but not to an extent where it's so like congested that it's like, eh, is there credibility there? Because like I said, I, I like to debunk. I, I like to talk to clients and, and go into their homes and do cleansings and say like, I promise you, you're fine. This isn't a haunting. You know, you guys have been dealing with an illness or someone passed away. And so there's that energy or things of that nature. I don't want people to always think everything is paranormal. I don't want people to be scared all the time. We're okay with this world. There's a lot of people that aren't. And so I, you know, when I have hauntings in my house and we've talked about this, I, if I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I've got a lot on my plate or I talk to a million clients in a day, I will see full body apparitions in my house. I will have things falling off shelves. I will have activity and I put a stop to it. I'm like, no, not in my house, not where my safe zone is. If I'm investigating or I'm going somewhere else, cool, that's fine. But to have it happen in my home, that's a hard pass for me. I'm big about setting boundaries and I'll say to spirit, like, no, I'm good. This is my space and you can kind of go elsewhere. But people in my house and these are skeptics, whether it's my friends, family, boyfriend, all the above, they've, I mean, this is, they've seen legitimate things go down in my house to the point where they're like, yikes, <laughs> I want to not believe you, but how did this happen? I mean, doors unlocking, 
like bolts unlocking doors, us going to bed and the basement doors chained and locked and then you wake up and it's not. Um, seeing people, you know, sleep paralysis, certain, you know, there's a lot that goes on in my house, but I, my house is like very unassuming. It's like pink and white and girly because I don't want to be in this world all the time. And so it's funny that I live, you know, in a situation like that, but I'm good about boundaries, you know, and I've said that to you before, so... If I can not blur the lines, I will try to because I want to dive headfirst into the paranormal world. But yeah, I think I would probably. So yeah, I think Stephanie, Stephanie and I would be switching places at that point. You know what I mean? As far as like she took, she was because she's amazing at the psychic medium stuff. And then she's now, you know, she's always in the paranormal. I want to go where people now know me as a psychic medium and then enter that world as well. You know, it's it's funny because you would message me about stuff that was going on in your house yeah. and like being weirded out by it, and it's like, but you're the you're the medium. Yeah. Like why why like you're shocked to find out that there's ghosts? There's, of course, there's ghosts. Right. I think it's invasive, though. Yeah. I think it's invasive, and I think because there are a lot of things that I can say. All right, Jess, your house is super old. It's the wood, or your house is super old. It's the draft from the bathroom window. Um, I want my safe space. You know, I have a son. I want people to feel comfortable in my home. I want to feel comfortable in my home. It's not a matter of, you know, I don't, they can come to me when I'm doing readings or they can come to me when I'm on, but I can't be on all the time. And I know you know that because you have a million friends that are in this world. I don't want to be on all the time. I want to relax in bed and watch TV and not feel scared. It's my house. It's if it was anywhere else, it would be an issue. But it's the matter of like, this is my safe place that I pay money for and that I take a lot of pride in and I don't want to invite things in. And I'm good about not doing that knock on wood. I really am. Considering I work from home and do as many readings as I do, I'm very, very, very blessed to be able to um, shut some of that off for sure. I was going to ask, do you have a concern about doing things from home, about that inviting things that aren't already in your home into your home? I do not know. And that, well, there's a lot that goes into that too. Like I don't do channeling. Uh, I'm big about not going into anything dark. I mean, I've had some readings that are so heavy as far as the intensity of it or the sadness of it that, you know, some stuff will pick up after a reading. And we've talked about that before. I've said that to you when we've talked about business stuff, like, Hey, I just did a reading and this person had this, this, and this happened. And now I've seen this or heard this in my house. I think it's more energy based though. And and as a medium, I kind of like to think it's like a moth to a flame, right? They're only coming to me because I'm their outlet. So I don't blame them. And the other thing I said to you, which is crazy, is that the activity picks up when people are there. And when I'm home alone, they're like, ah, we'll leave you alone. Go enjoy Seinfeld. Like you're fine. But it's almost like when people are in my house, they're like, yeah, let's show her. We're going to show her friends and family what's up. So it's wild. You'd think it would be the opposite, but. Is there... Is there a concern that what is in your house might go through to the other side? Can you rephrase that, sir? Like, <laughs> so you know that you have these these energies that are in your own home and you're connecting with people that are in their own homes. Are you afraid that maybe what lives with you might start going to visit them? I don't. I take a lot of pride in, in keeping things really, you know, boundary setting. And, and I... 
I don't, you know, I never even thought of that, but I don't, I don't think so. And I will say my clients have never said to me, you know, we got off the phone and then this happened or I feel this way about you. I'm not down for like the toxic positivity or love and light culture that we've got going on right now. I like to keep things pretty neutral. So I won't say like, oh, I'm so full of positivity that it doesn't spread through. But I will say that I think my readings are uplifting enough or we stay in a, in a bubble, so to say, that we don't get dark enough that it goes there. And that's how I keep it. You know, I don't seances. I'm respectful of anyone that wants to do that or whomever does that for a career. Not my bag. I don't do seances. I don't do like the table tipping. I don't do the candle stuff. Like I don't do that. And that's that's how I allow myself not to be too affected. Because you know my panic disorder and you know how much I pick up on energies. And that becomes a lot. It's It's a lot. So, no. <laughs> No, I don't worry about that whatsoever. No, and, and I didn't think that you would. I just figured that that's a, a question that might pop into somebody's mind listening, you know, hearing about how, you know, you're dealing with everything on your end of it, and now you're making these connections with people. Uh, and also, I did just speak with somebody uh, today for a pre-record I was doing for my other show, and one of the one of the things that they brought up was the idea that these... I mean, they have a whole different perspective on what ghosts are and all this stuff. I was kind of giving you an idea of that off-air. But they're bringing, they brought up the idea that they're utilizing our technology as a way to try to manifest themselves too. No, they absolutely are. Everything in my life, uh, battery-wise, like my phone will die immediately or a lot of wonky, you know, lights turning on and off. And I think they, I mean, I think they have to pull from something. But what's interesting too is when I'm telling you that I'm seeing things or I'm hearing things, it doesn't feel like malicious or it doesn't feel like they're out to get me. I think it's just like, hey, I'm here. You know what I mean? And I've lost so many people that I love, my grandparents and my aunt and, and dear friends. And I think as a medium, and I say this to my clients and they're like, what? I can't connect with them. And I think it's because I miss them so much. And I think about them so much that I look for signs or I look for little things. And my clients are like, oh, you're so blessed. You get to probably talk to the people you love the most. And I'm like, not really. Similar to how I can't do my own tarot. I block it with emotions like we all do kind of. And, and so, but I, no, it's nothing malicious. It, and it's, it's good about like, if I'm like, Hey, like I'm not down for being scared right now, or I'm not really down for this energy. What I like about the house thing is it will go away. If I go to a haunted location or I go to like somewhere else that maybe people don't even know are haunted, but it is, I can't control that energy. And that, I mean, it, and I've said this to you before, it, it almost turns into like an agoraphobia thing because I'm picking up on so much energies and it's hard for me to kind of set boundaries there, I'll admit. So when you dive into paranormal research, mm -hmm. this being something that you want to get more into, do you see yourself then, I know we talked about utilizing the mix of different approaches, but then if you're going to use the scientific approach or the pseudoscientific approach, you've got to start using equipment. Right. Do you, do you worry about your abilities influencing the equipment? I do not. I think that I'm going to be, I think I'd be able to like separate the two. And when I say to you like, oh, you know, I go in somewhere and I'm panicked or I get like dizzy or whatever, that doesn't scare me either not wanting to go forward. There's a reason that I want to go forward in this world. You know, I'm in my thirties and I'm finally in my thirties able to embrace this gift. Cause I will say in the past three years is when all this has blown up for me as far as like getting clients and making a name for myself. I think it comes down to like, 
I'm only going to correlate with you or other people that are already in this world. And it, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. And we've talked about this off air, obviously. Like you have to be really careful with social media and YouTube and TikTok. And I have respect for those people, but it's not it's not an easy world to get into. So it's funny, my view on it is, it's not that I'm threatened that TikTokers or YouTubers are trying to do the tarot thing. I'm not, it's a matter of like, you need to understand when you enter this world, if you're gonna dive head first, you need to expect a lot of mental and physical changes. You know, I get sick a lot. Um, I have panic attacks, I've got the heart palpitations and it's it's something that I can control because I take good care of myself and I've been in this world so long that I'm used to it. But I do worry when there's like younger girls or whomever approaching this and thinking that it's all light and love and really cool. And it's like, if you want to get into that, by all means do it. That's awesome. But please expect that it's going to cause some issues. And I say this firsthand because I have people that reach out to me and say, hey girl, I bought a tarot deck and now this is going on in my house or I'm having sleep paralysis or I have nightmares or my life is falling apart. And I try to kind of coach them a little and say like, there's, what's good is good, and but you need to remember there's bad as well. And it can be dark, it can, you know, so it's tough. It's a tough balance, but I'm doing a really, really good job with the help of people that are in this field to kind of guide me in the right direction for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, personally, it's not nearly as bad as some of the reactions that you've had, but for the longest, like my whole life, really, anytime that I would talk about ghosts and things like that, I would have this physical effect that mm -hmm. would happen to me where my eyes would start to water not yeah. not not crying i mean crying to me to me crying is the act of letting those tears come out this was more like if you you know almost like an allergy yeah like, like you get okay. a runny eye yeah like my eyes would just start watering as i would be talking almost like when you're chopping onions kind of thing mm -hmm. you know you can't help it and so that would happen to me whenever i talked about ghosts to the point where when we were talking about doing this show and starting this show all those years ago, I was concerned that it was going to happen while I was doing the show. Sure. Yeah. And so I actually, in the early days, I had like a, a handkerchief in my pocket so that if I, that did start happening, I could wipe my eyes. And over the years, I've, I've learned to, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. I, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to try it, but it, it just, that kind of went away. It still pops up sometimes if I'm talking about something that's like super personal mm -hmm. or, you know, something that is not something that's a paranormal experience that I've had that's not in the realm of me being a paranormal researcher. It's like sometimes that will still come back a little bit, but never as bad as it ever was. And I think it's just some of us have those things to work through. And the more that you get into it and are around it, you'll work your way through some of those, those physical effects that you feel from it. Absolutely. And I can see the changes already because, you know, since I was little, I've, I've been in the paranormal world as far as seeing things or talking to relatives that have passed or things like that. And so I've seen the changes in myself where I can regulate and, you know, calm the anxiety. The one thing I will say, and this happens with readings and it happens with paranormal stuff as well, and I'm, I'm just used to it and I embrace it, is the, the crippling migraines, crippling. But like you said, you adapt and you take some Excedrin migraine and, you know, you do what you have to do but it's never steered me away from thinking, all right, no, I don't want to go in that direction. I can't imagine not being a psychic medium or not being in that world of the paranormal. I just couldn't imagine it. But also, you know, some of the, the you're aware of the fact that you have these issues. Sure, yeah. You know, some people probably aren't aware of it and 
it, it sounds to me like it's your your whether whether you want to say it's your body, your spirit, your soul, your psyche, whatever. It sounds like these are like warnings that it's throwing up to you to say just don't go too far. So some people don't heed those warnings and and they keep pushing beyond those boundaries when they're not ready to, and they're the ones who end up suffering as a result of this and end up you know quitting paranormal research because they just can't handle it anymore. It sounds like you respect what those things are, but that you also do, you want to learn to get past them, but you're also not dismissing why they're there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a lot of mental or physical ailments that come when you're in this world. And it's funny to, to go back to the Stanley. Um, first of all, with my asthma, I had no business being in Colorado, let alone in Estes Bar, Colorado, which is, I think, and don't quote me, I think it's at like 8,000 feet. And I talked to my friend Lauren, who's listening right now, and she's like a Colorado girl and she's like super cool, but she's very healthy. So I'm like, I'm worried about the elevation. And she's like, you're going to be fine. And I got there and I I was not fine. I was like breathing through a straw. But when you go to the Stanley, they will say to you, they go, if you start to pass out or have heart palpitations, don't think that's cool. That's not the paranormal. You're, we're, we, we're gonna call 911. So it goes back to that whole thing of like, you need to distinguish whether this is panic or an actual health issue. So of course me already being a panicked person with asthma, I'm like, really? Like, but I did fine. I chugged water. But it's in it is do no do not pass go with them at the Stanley. They go if you even if you say to us you're fine. If we if you go down for legal purposes, we're calling nine one one. And I'm like, do not faint, Jessica. You're going to be in Estes Park, Colorado, and you're going to be in an ER. And so I was fine. I kept it. I walked slow. I kept it together, and and that was that. But I'm like, oh God, please, please don't let me pass out in Colorado. That's not going to be a good look for me. See, that's that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone out there. I've lived my entire life. At or below sea level. So yeah. I don't know how oh I would God, handle I it. If I, I love it. If I drive to like like Worcester, I have to bring gum because my ears pop as I start to get up in elevation. Yeah. So I can only imagine. And the first time I ever rode on a plane, which I was like 35 or 36 when I took my first plane ride. All right. We're not going to get into that tonight, but that's wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just never went on a plane until then. And, and of course, my first flight has to be Boston to L.A. So you're six hours. Yeah. Yep. Good and, for I'm, you. and I'm riding with Jeff Belanger sitting next to me who is like terrified that I'm going to have a major freak out up in the airplane. And he's like, you know, are you okay? Like he brought, he like brought an iPad full of games to keep me distracted. Like I was a five-year-old. That's a good friend. Yeah. He's definitely a good friend, but he, he was so concerned the whole time and I was fine. I loved it. I love flying in a plane. doesn't bother me at all, except for on the descent. Like the pressure is just too much for me. And that first time it was like really bad. I couldn't hear. My ears didn't pop for like three days. Oh no. And so I was like, maybe high elevations is not for the place maybe for me. Maybe it's not my thing. Well, the other thing about the elevation when you're like in Colorado too is like, there's no way to escape it. <laughs> like you're there. You know what I mean? You're not going to land like when you're in a plane. Right. So, but to piggyback off of what we talked about earlier, I think it's way cooler <laughs> when new houses, like when I go to LA, cause that's where I was born. I love like new mansions that are haunted or like, I love like, you know, looking at like stuff like that, where it's not the old buildings. Like, you know, we always talk about, oh, I have a house and there's like a creepy Victorian girl. Like I want to see a ghost that's like in a starter jacket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how cool that ghost is from the nineties. But it's like, I love almost like, you know, the movie Paranormal Activity where it's like this really sick brand new townhouse and they're having like a possession. I'm like, yeah, that's so much cooler. Cause you expect 
hauntings at these old, old buildings or old land. I think it's way cooler and creepier well, when it's when it's like not expected. And, and, and you probably don't have to worry about this having abilities, but for people that don't and just go and investigate places, we suffer from what I call most famous ghost syndrome, where when you go and you go into a place and you have activity, you automatically assume it is the most famous ghost associated with that location. So if you go to the Lizzie Borden house and something happens, you're like, oh, that's Lizzie Borden. Or if you go to, you know, if you go to the, the Velisca Axe murder house, it's like, oh, it's the family that was killed. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that's not always necessarily the case. These places are, you know, windows into somewhere else and other things can pass through or maybe other things were there in the first place, which influenced what happened there. So I don't know that, you know, most famous ghosts, always helps us out no matter where it is that we go. So going to a place like, you know, where a place was only built a few years ago, you've got all the other energies that have been there before. Like everybody around here, oh, my house is brand new con construction. How could it be haunted? Well, what did you think was there before? Yeah. You know? And what energy are they bringing in? I mean, it's, there's a million questions you can ask. And I think it's, I think it's funny, like you said, due, like, you know, due to my abilities, and I don't want to get too deep into Lizzie because I know that everyone you've had on the show prior is way more knowledgeable about her than I am. But I will say this, like, I don't, I don't, I don't go there. Like when I went there and I had that illness, I wasn't like, Meh, it's Lizzie. You know, I think personally, and like I said, I don't know a million things about her. I think she would be it. Uh, Maplecroft, don't you? <laughs> I think she would be. Uh, I think she would be somewhere way cooler because she loved to travel. So she was super cool. She did some cool stuff after. So I'm thinking, like, really, she's gonna stick around the house? It's become a thing where there are there's a camp of people uh, who feel that not only is she not at the murder house, yeah, I don't think, but so. that she never was. Yeah, I don't think so either. That she's been at Maplecroft this entire time. Of course, it wasn't open for us to go and investigate. Um, until a few years ago, and even now it's like kind of a weird situation about what's going on. But, you know, Amy Bruni is is definitely yep. like I one of the... Amy Bruni. She's one of the foremost people. Uh, to If she wasn't in Hawaii, she'd probably be listening. She, um, she was one of the first people to say how Liz Beth, as she prefers Liz to be Beth, known, yeah. she is at Maplecroft and has always been there. Yeah. Whereas whatever is claiming to be Lizzie at the other house... Is something far darker. But I also think, and this, you know, we've only got like five minutes left, so we can't get too deep into this on the air, but I also think it's entirely possible that there may be two different ghosts that are the same person, that we may have the younger Lizzie Borden in the murder house, that that part of who she was is is imprinted on that location. Almost like a residual energy, right? But, no, but not residual though, but you know, intelligent, able to interact. Yeah. But that's where that portion of her soul, spirit, whatever is, is doomed to be forever or however you want to look at it. And then the other side of her gets to stay there that we can have that duality or who's to say that we couldn't, we can't be in two places. Maybe spirits really can bilocate. It seems like there's a lot of evidence of that based on, you know, some of the work that people have done. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll be on here again with you and I would love that. And that's that we can go into that whole realm too because people talk about like, hey, I saw you at, you know, the supermarket the other day. Now, like I was like, I wasn't there. So it's like, can that happen with us too? Who knows? But yeah, I don't think, I don't think Lizzie's gonna, and that's why I love to cemetery dwell. I hate the word dwell, it's creepy. I'm a big cemetery person. I love the history of it. I love the aesthetic and people are like, yikes, that's haunted. And I'm like, do you really want to haunt your grave i don't know about that so right. i you do or would you rather go somewhere that you loved the most you know what i mean so that's that's my take on it we used to call cemetery investigations the paranormal kiddie pool because 
like you might get a little bit wet. You yeah. might find a little, you know, there might be a little bit of activity, but it's not, it's not the place, it's not diving into the deep end like you think it is, yeah. where you think there's going to be, a, you know, if there's a hundred graves, there's not going to be a hundred ghosts. Uh, and the, the, the line we used to always use is, if you were going to die, if you were going to go somewhere after you die, where would you go? Not there. No, not there. I don't go, to, and, and let's keep in mind, I don't go to cemeteries at all for the paranormal aspect. I, th- I find solace in them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a sun, it's a, it's a safe place for my son to be because it's, you know, it's not just on a main road and there's a million reasons behind it. And I'm, and I love to go visit my loved ones that are buried there. And so there's different reasons behind it, but no, when I go to cemeteries, it's the history and the aesthetic and it's just absolutely beautiful. I, I don't, I don't do it for that. A hundred years ago, before we made it weird, people used to go and picnic in cemeteries. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that was a place people would go. And now, now we're like, oh, you're, you're hanging out in a cemetery. You're a weirdo. There's nothing weird about it. It's we would, not. We would not have cemeteries if they were not intended for people to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, and, when, and when COVID hit, um, the cemetery that I go to where my family's located um, and buried, they, were, they had to block it off because hundreds of people were walking around because we were at that point where we couldn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, where can I keep a distance and not have to like cross someone on a crosswalk? Because that's dangerous so they actually had to block it off and shut the gates which was like really really sad for me but they they did they undid it so i mean i i appreciate and revere cemeteries but also like if i die you can just throw me in the dumpster too that's fair like yeah i don't don't, don't need a fuss over just throw me in like a lazy boy and like put seinfeld on i'll be fine you know we'll figure it out i i always say like when i have my my final services i don't want to be in a casket i want to be standing up like leaning on a pedestal with like a top hat and a cane and people can come over and take selfies with well, me yeah i mean it's your rodeo you yeah. call the shots i i really should get my will like you know yeah you need to get set. that buckle down so people can make that decision or else they're going to make that decision I've for it, you i've said it a lot of times on the radio but i can't believe that the funeral director is really going to believe people when they say that like oh he said he wants to be like stuffed and mounted they're like, no, no, that can't be right. So I got to get it into actual writing. Anyway, so I know I know that you don't have a lot of, you know, as you said, you're not big on social media, but if people did want to reach out to you, is there a way they can do so? They can. So um, if you Google medium Jessica Star, all my info is going to come up. Now that's my website. Uh, my Instagram, I mean, it's limited. I, I Like I said, I don't go too crazy and I don't have Facebook. I don't have TikTok. It's weird. I don't, I don't put myself out there too much. But yes, if you Google medium Jessica Star, I'm going to pop up. That's going to not only give you my email, which is medium Jessica Star with two R's, by the way. That's going to come up for you. Medium Jessica Star with two R's at gmail.com. And then if you go on my website, my phone, my business line's available as well. So clients are more than welcome to, I'm the most responsive to text, especially if I'm working or I'm doing whatever. It's really hard for me to answer calls, but I'm really responsive via text. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming in and thank hanging you. out. It was great to finally meet you in person. I know. It's been a long time coming. I'm glad we finally got to link up. And, and don't, uh, uh, don't let me just blame COVID for it. I'm also like super lazy and never <laughs> leave the house. So even if there wasn't a pandemic, it probably might've taken two years for us to meet in Fair. person. So Fair. that's just how I am. That'll do it for tonight's show. We will be back next week. Uh, just a heads up on April 2nd, we will be taking that night off. I don't, so I don't think that's next Saturday, right? I got to look at my calendar here. No. 
So, yes, we'll be back next Saturday. We'll be off the week after that. Uh, but if you have missed any of our episodes, you can just go to wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Spooky South Coast is anywhere you can find your podcast, and you can hear all 600 and – I think this is 647, so you can hear all of those previous episodes. And uh, reach out to us anytime, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Stay spooktacular.